started. Heavenly Father, we we are truly blessed that you would call us your own. Thank you, Father, that your plan from the beginning was to bring salvation. Lord, we are recipients of that today. We thank you for your love that sent your Son. We thank you for the love that was so great that your Son died for us. Jesus, we thank you that you came and lived as a man to be among us, to teach us, to walk with us. We thank you that you are coming back for us. Our hope is not in this world. Our hope is in you. So, Father, as we spend this time together, we pray that your anointing would be upon the word that we read, that you would open the eyes of our heart to see, and that we would understand your will and your purpose. Father, we are humbled that you would care for us, first and foremost. So we thank you, ask your blessing, and ask your presence in a mighty way. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Last couple weeks we've been going over the wisdom that comes from God and listening to God's voice. I'd like to talk to you today, if I can, about something that... I believe that this world right now is lacking a, an abundance of. And that's a, it's a simple thing. It's called understanding. And if we, as Christians, understand the very principles of how man sinned, how he lost relationship with God, and in that that we understand that sin was the was the disobedience to the father about going to a tree called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil it was seeking outside of god that which god had for man and mankind has been on this downward spiral since then and and we understand that it is is supposed to head that way but when when we become Christians, we get saved, there is a, there's a necessity, and I think um, I've, I've been kind of naive about this, and um, I, just, I believe that if people come to church and they hear the word and they attend and they um, do the things that we all say are good and look good, that we're all okay. And I don't think that that's necessarily true. I you know, when I, I share the word, I pray that everyone that hears that word that is shared, or whether George does, or Keith, or whoever uh, stands behind this pulpit, our prayer is that you understand what the word is, and what it is for you, and how important it is for you to understand it. We only understand the word if he reveals it to us. And I know that's a simple, simple thing. Um, how many of us know that understanding who the Lord is is a free gift from Him? Okay? Simple. Most of this today is just very simple. Things that you all understand. 
we want to try to divide a little bit some of the things in, in the church that I think we've become fearful of. And, and for a good reason, we have, um, we have always cautioned people about their minds and their feelings and different things. But as a, as a Christian, when you uh, receive the Spirit of God and you mature in Him, your mind should change and you should be able to think. We, we don't disengage this thing. And we're going to see, I'm going to give you a number of scriptures today that deal with the mind. Uh, the mind uh, that is <clears throat> of God seeks the things of God. The mind of the world seeks the things of the world. And, we're, we're, and we can uh, interchange mind and heart if you want to use those both things. That's the seat of the understanding. What we, what we know and what we uh, need to know. <clears throat> it's imperative that we get this from the Lord um, or we'll never understand His will for us. This understanding's, uh, understanding comes from lifting the Lord lifting the darkness off of our minds that keep, keeps us from seeing the truth. Now, let's just stop for a second and, and we use the world as an example much here, a lot. And there's a lot of examples to see the difference between and the contrast between the, the mind of Christ and the mind of the world, the, the mind that the church should have and the mind that the world has. There's a total different uh, desire and understanding for knowledge and wisdom within the world and, it, and within the, the church. <clears throat> we see how in our society, science itself uh, has become... Um, for lack of a better word, I would call science a god. It is a, um, um, it's a religion that is worshipped. And so we have people that <clears throat> uh, now say that evolution is a, is a set fact. It's a, it's a done deal. There's, uh, it, there's just uh, no disputing it. And science proves it. When in reality, as a Christian, we know that science has not proved that because we know evolution is a lie. But the world has been trained in this so much that they really believe that it is the truth. And uh, you'll even talk to Christ, uh, Christians within churches, and some of them have bought that lie. And they, they try to tie that together with the gospel and different things. For, for example, we have people that are what, what we would call theistic evolutionists. Um, people who um, really believe that there is a God, but yet they believe that God created everything and allowed it to evolve to where it's getting today. Now, that may sound crazy to you, but we literally have people that are in the church that teach that because they, they believe the world and uh, the thought of the billions and billions of years, and they can't uh, reconcile this and reconcile that because of all the questions that science brings and places before them. Um, it used to be that scientists... Um, did per, uh, scientific pursuit to prove the Bible. Now science is used to disprove the Bible and disprove or to literally eliminate any thought or idea that there is a God. Now, sitting here today, I, I, I believe that you believe that there's a God or you wouldn't be here. You feel and you know that there is something different. And if you're a Christian and you're saved, you know that there's a God. You may not understand all about it. You may not understand all uh, the things of God. And honestly and truthfully, I don't believe in this life we will ever understand everything there is to know about God. When I talk about this, remember, our minds are the battlefield. And we need them renewed so that 
the understanding of who Jesus is, why he came, and what he wants from us is evident in our lives. I remember before I first got born again, and, and there's, and I, I'm going to be very careful with this. I remember receiving Jesus as my Lord and Savior when I was about uh, 10 and 11. I remember the call on my life when I was about four. So from four to 10 to 11, when I, when I received Jesus and I knew that, you know, that he'd come into my heart, um, there was another, there's a point between that where I, um, I, I would open the Bible and I, I could never understand it. It was a difficult thing. So I just kind of left it alone and we'd go to church and different things. Um, but when I became born again, when I was in college, there was a day when I, I finally surrendered myself, gave everything over, that I went to the Word, I opened it up, and I understood what it said. Now, uh, two days before that, I could read it, and I couldn't understand a thing. So I had to, I had to it, it scared me, because suddenly I could understand the Word. Now, um, I want to be able to try to separate something here for you. Uh, I, uh, and, and Carrie's had to help me with this a lot. Because I just think everybody should understand the word like I do. You know, you should be able to read it, should be able to get it, this thing like that. Um, and, and George can tell you the same thing. Probably Keith can do the same thing. To be able to understand the word and be able to teach the word, that's a, that's a different gifting in many ways. To where you, uh, everyone should be able to understand the word and everybody should be able to teach the word and things like that. But there is, there's also a gifting to be able to do that. And not everybody has the same gifting. Not everybody has the same understanding of the word. That's why we spend time here together so that, and we, we gather around the word. And that should be the reason that we, we come together. So where we can take the word, we can read it, and we get the understanding of it. This is the one thing that I really realize. Uh, as long as I've been saved, I, as much as I understand, I, I think and sometimes I'm the dumbest person in the word that there is. Because the closer you get to God, the more you walk with Him, the longer you spend time with Him, the more you realize you don't know about Him. Amen? That's okay. Everybody has that. And it's good because if we can ever come to the point where we can understand the God of the universe, then he ceases to be the God of the universe. He is unfathomable. His wisdom is, is I, I don't think, and the Lord's going to have to, to help me with this. I, I think even going to heaven, you're never going to understand it. I think it's going to be a process of learning over every day, everything like that. Now, when I tell you that I can understand the word, I sat this morning, and I had a passage of Scripture that I was going to put into this, and I struggled with it because I didn't understand it fully. I'm still having that thing. I, and, but what I love about it is when I have a passage of Scripture that I don't understand, and maybe this is just the, the, the pastor slash teacher in me, I love it. It doesn't cause me problems or stress me. I, I love because I, I find something that I want to mine out and I want to look at and I want to wrestle with. And so I, I, I set that aside and I, I, I put a note on it and say, okay, we're going to look into this. It causes me to want to have more. And that's, you know, the, the Spirit of God is working in us. When we read the Word, when, we, when, we, when God reveals things to us, it sh- we should never be satisfied Never should be be full. We should always be going, boy, that's really good. I want more of that. 
And so, in Proverbs chapter 2, verses 6 through 8, the writer of Proverbs says, For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. Who does, who's it stored for? And he, and he uses the word sound wisdom. Do you know there's some wisdom that's not so sound in the world today? There are people that think that they're wise, okay? He is a shield for those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his saints. Now, we, we talked about that scripture last week. You can tell in a society how we are as far as who we consider wise and who we don't. Um, we, we tend to consult people who are famous and make a lot of money acting. Do we not? Athletes that are, you know, they're gifted in what they do. Uh, just because you're gifted to be able to put a ball in a hoop or kick a ball in a net or uh, catch a ball and run with it or throw it doesn't mean that you're wise. It means you're gifted. But in our society, we have, um, we have trouble separating the two. If you're gifted to be able to stand on a stage and sing and make millions of dollars with whatever music you do, and you, just, you can go through any genre that you like, uh, whatever you guys listen to, and just look, uh, we are, we're always consulting those people, and we treat them as wise that's where the society is. Now, as Christians, we're not consulting those people. We don't, I, I could care less, and I'm, I'm not going to drop any names. I, I almost did. Uh, I could care less what some of them think, because if they're not saved, the wisdom that they have is not sound. It may sound wise to the world. Uh, you know, there was one basketball player that uh, he, they asked him, you know, they said, well, you're a role model. And at least he was you know, honest enough to say, well, I'm not a role model. It's not my job. And, you know, I've always respected that guy since then. Uh, he, he was phenomenal as far as a basketball player, but he understood that he wasn't a role model. See, we want these people to be role models, and they're, they're not necessarily going to be. They, there are those that are Christian that do want to be role models, and they do things and things like that. But for the majority of the people that do these things, whether they're acting or, or sports or uh, even authors or anything like that, does not mean that they are wise, that, that they have sound wisdom, or that they have understanding. And understanding, very simply, as a Christian not necessarily as world, but as a Christian, is being able to understand good and hate evil. It is that ability that is given to us by the Spirit of God in us when He comes to dwell within us to be able to understand what is good and to hate evil. Those two things kind of cover most of it. It's, it's not all of it, but it's, it's, that's enough for today that, that we're going to deal with. When I, when I first got saved, I understood what God hated. I mean, it was, you know, it was like the light came on. And uh, I, I pursued the, wor- the word, which is good. Now, when we go through this, we're going to find out as Christians that the only way that we have understanding is from knowing Jesus. Okay? First John 5, verse 20 says, And we know 
that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know Him who is true and we are, we are in Him who is true. In His Son, Jesus Christ, He is the true God and eternal life. We could spend a week on that passage of Scripture alone. Do It says we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding. Well, what understanding has He given us? He's given us understanding so that we may know God, or Jesus, who is true, and we are in Him who is true. Not only do we know Him, but we exist in Him. He is with us all the time. In His Son, Jesus Christ. Luke chapter 24. This, you know, when I first heard this, verse 45, it, it was amazing. Because I, if you think about it, for about three to three and a half years, the disciples walked with Jesus. They saw him heal the sick. They saw him raise the dead. They saw him with, with all kinds of wisdom and understanding uh, tie up the Pharisees and, the, and all the lawyers who tried to trip him up. And then they saw him, uh, uh, you know, raise people's, you know, grow people's arms and legs and the sick and all those different things. But they still didn't understand. They didn't understand who he was. They saw the miracles. They saw the man. And they, and they saw the works that he did. But he did, they did not understand why he came. They did not understand who he was. They had a kind of a partial understanding. So Jesus, at the, at, towards the end of the ministry, of his ministry, is with them. Um, and in Luke 24, verse 45, it says, Then he, Jesus, did what? He opened their minds to do what? Understand the Scriptures. Now, that to, the, being able to understand the Scriptures, we're, talk, we're talking about, again, Old Testament, because the New Testament hadn't been written yet. All the scriptures that, that pointed towards Jesus, from the law to the prophets to the Psalms, all of those different things, he opened their minds to be able to understand the scriptures. Because if we understand the scriptures, it's a gift from God, then we know more about the one who wrote it. So it's important, I believe, for us, um, and, and maybe, let me stop for a second. You might be sitting here today and you say, well, Pastor, I don't, I don't think I understand the Scriptures. Uh, and I don't want you to worry that, you know, you, you might say, well, I don't understand the Scriptures, so I, I don't think I'm saved. That's not, that's not what we're doing here today. Knowing Jesus, asking Jesus to come into our hearts, believing in Him is the beginning. Because we believe, and we speak, and we receive, right? So... If you've received Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you believe in Him, if you believe the work that He did, and you read the Word, and you pray, God can open the Word to you. And I believe that this wasn't just, I believe, for the, the, the apostles. Now, now remember, the type of people, and, and I'm not, um, we, we understand that the Pharisees uh, called the apostles unlearned, common. That's kind of the words that they used for them. Uh, they they just weren't smart people. They were fishermen, you know, blue-collared guys, you know. And so they couldn't understand why they had this wealth of understanding of the Scriptures. It, it puzzled them. Because, you know, some of these guys had spent um, all their lives 
buried in the scriptures, learning about them. Remember, you know, Jesus said, you know, you search the scriptures, thinking in them you might find salvation, you know. And it's not... Uh, it's not just knowing the scriptures because I, I know people that that can quote the scripture, know the scripture, but they don't walk it and live it in their lives. There's there has to be a balance in that understanding. See, uh, he comes and gives us understanding. When Jesus comes, he gives us understanding first of all of who he is, who the Father is, and the work of the Spirit within us. This understanding is a gift from God, and and. I would pray that we would all ask him for that gift if we don't have it. And it's, and I would say, and again, I'm be very careful. I believe that you have that, but part of it is uh, we need to understand that we can have it. It's kind of redundant, isn't it? You have to understand so you can understand. He is the one who opens your heart. He is the one that opens your mind. Um, our minds have to be transformed. By the word to know him. Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says, Do not be conformed to the world. In other words, don't allow the world to mold you into its thing. And now this is the Apostle Paul talking to Christians. So there's always a caution in the word and always a caution for us as Christians not to allow the world and the way of the world to form us and conform us to its image. So do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed... By the renewal of what? Of your mind, that, the test, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. How, are, how is our mind renewed? Well, uh, it's renewed by the Word of God. It's renewed by the Spirit of God, the process of salvation where the Spirit of God comes within us. We start reading the Word, which is revealed and given to us. Then we start practicing that. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. It says, Now this I say and testify to the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do, in the futility of what? Of their minds. And when we use the word Gentiles, it's basically we can use that and apply it to the world today. Those that are uh, outside these walls, those that don't have Jesus Christ. And, and here again, I, <coughs> I want to be careful that you don't, think that I am setting us against the world. It's, it's not what we're doing here. Our responsibility is to know Christ, know his resurrection, know his death and burial, and know what he wants for us to do. The people outside these walls are in chains. Those that do not know him, those that hate and kill and murder and, and do the different things, they live, uh, you know, as Paul said, in the futility of their minds. And we were once those people. We did those very same things. It says they are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. And let's take a look at the world outside again. I, and then we use that as an example. Overall, nationally, world itself, what do we see as the world starts descending? 
Uh, you know, we have uh, divisions and we have fighting and we have all these different things and we have people setting uh, setting up and saying, you know, this is right and this is wrong. We have people that are living in sin in such a way that they blatantly stand up and they, they use that sin as a thing to beat you with. And they try to make you quiet in that. And that's the desire. The enemy wants to do that. He wants to quiet the church. He wants us to not say anything. Just, you know, you stay inside your walls. I, I heard this at a meeting here a while back, a public meeting. And it's, it's kind of interesting when you watch uh, public meetings where people are able to stand up and speak. And you can, um, uh, you know, some, they, they wanted me to sign the thing to speak. And I just, I, I just wanted to listen. Because you can tell more about where people are at by what they say and where they're at. And it helps you to pray for them. People really don't want to hear what I have to say. They don't. Not in the public arena. Now, in in the the setting of the church, I believe that there is that, that ability to be able to speak into your lives because you want to walk with God. We're all saved. We have, we have the Spirit of God in common in us. And so when we come together, there is an openness to the understanding of, of the wisdom and the Word of God. But outside these walls, many times, the things that we share, and it doesn't mean that we don't and that we can't or that we shouldn't, but there are times to do it and times to just listen. Because when you listen to the world, you can understand what many times they're going through, or you can see where their heart is at. And it's amazing when you, uh, when you watch both the, the world and Christians themselves get in this public arena and fight with each other. It's, uh, I've had to stop and say, Lord, we need more prayer than we do more mouth. People... There, there is a, a hardness of heart that is settled in, in many ways. This is, and I, I want you to understand. This, is, I'm not speaking that this is an impossibility to defeat. Because the Bible says, "Greater is He that is in us than He that is in the world." You have in you, as a Christian, the Spirit of the Living God, the Spirit who at the very beginning of creation, the Bible says, hovered over the waters of creation. That spirit at the very beginning of creation that God breathed into man. He dwells in you. He knows the heart and the mind and the will of God. He is not defeated. So what do we have to fear? Yet, I think sometimes, as Christians, we think that we, you know, we have the truth, and we believe that everybody wants the truth. There are times to speak the truth, and then there are times to be quiet. And most of those times that we should be quiet, we should have spent a lot of prayer before we got there to open our mouths. A lot of the things that are going on in our society today, in, in, our, um, in our small community, are not going to be one with argument. They're going to be run in prayer. And the people that know how to pray and want to pray and want to pray more than speak are the ones that are going to have the victory. Now, does this mean that we don't engage the the world outside? No, we still do. But remember, we do it in love. 
I listened to a, a lady at, at one of the meetings. Uh, you know, I, obviously she's been hurt somewhere. But she told me, she said, I, I, I do not want a pastor telling me what to do or a church telling me how to live. Now, I could become offended by that. But you know what? When I heard her say that, my thought was, what happened to her? What happened that causes her to hate the church and a pastor so much? So you know what I get to do for her? I get to pray for her. She came on my radar. It's not an accident that I got to hear her say that. Now, some of you may go, oh, you know, I don't care. That's it's fine. But I, I've learned that those things come up. I, I, I can't be angry with her because she is blinded and she's in chains and she doesn't know it. She's a child of God in darkness waiting to be released. Now, when I say she's a child of God, she's made in the image of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, you know, we deal with image bearers all the time. We're all made that way. So, the main thing that I get to do for her, every time, every time her name comes to me, I pray for her. Um, You know, I, I don't even know her. But you see, I can't hate her because she hates me. You can't hate the world because it hates you. Our responsibility is to still love. And the only way that we can do this is to, is to have the Lord's understanding of how to do the things that he's called us to do. You know, the Apostle Paul said that he, we shouldn't walk like the Gentiles, walking in the futility of their minds with darkened understanding. In Colossians 1.21 he says that we were hostile in our minds towards Christ doing evil deeds. That was us before we were saved. So we've all been there. By his grace, he has helped us to understand who he is, understand what his word says. And here again, if you don't have this full Um, encyclopedic understanding of the word, you're okay. Doesn't mean that you're not saved. But you can open the word and you read it and it speaks to you. It may not be a big voice. It may just be you read something and and suddenly it gives you comfort. Or you read something and it helps you correct certain things. That is being able to understand what Christ wants us to have. And it's a, it's a process of being renewed on a daily basis. When we walk away from that, I, I know even as a pastor, if I don't spend time in the Word, I become dry. If I don't spend time listening to other people speak and using the Word, I become dry. And I become unhappy. And so I have to remind myself to read the Word. Just, just like I, you know, uh, in about an hour and a half when I get done preaching here, 
Amen. <laughs> We're going to eat. You know, I'm, I could be sitting here thinking about all the goodies that are out there on the table, and, and I am, by the way. Um, but when I think about when I'm hungry, I, I need food. That's why, you know, we talk about fasting. Sometimes fasting, you need to do that to keep your mind in a place where it needs to be. But just as I am hungry for food, or I'm thirsty for water, I, I need to be like the psalmist as the deer pants after the water. So my soul pants after you. Are we, are we that hungry in our lives? Do we have, when we don't spend enough time in fellowship in church, when we don't spend enough time in fellowship with the Word and prayer and fasting or however we do that, there's a dryness that can set in. And we, be, we can become parched. I, I, I need a constant refreshing of God's Spirit. And so do you. See, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers. The Word tells us that. And that's to keep them from seeing the light. And guess what? That used to be us. We were blinded. We couldn't see nor know the, understand the Word. Uh, we're all darkened in our minds, which kept us from understanding the Lord. Second Corinthians chapter 3. The apostle writes, since we have such a hope, we are very bold, not like Moses who put a veil on over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being uh, brought forth to an, or brought to an end, but their minds were hardened. For to this day, when, the, when they read the old covenant, listen to this, that same veil remains unlifted. Because only through Christ is it taken away. Yes, to this very day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. Talking about the Jews. But when one turns to the Lord, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Talking about us. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Some translation says, says there is liberty. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Only through Christ is this thing taken away. And then Paul finishes, I'm going to finish with this, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. He says, if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are what? Perishing. In their case, the God of this world, notice it's a, a lowercase God of this world, has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them, keep them from... Well, 
Maybe the Lord was saying, that's enough, Marty. <laughs> you okay? Carol, you about gave me a heart attack. Let me read that again, then we'll go eat. If our gospel is veiled, if the word of truth, if the word of life is veiled to the world, and I would encourage you to read Second uh, Corinthians 3 through Second uh, Corinthians 4, and you'll get the whole uh, understanding of what he's talking about. If our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. Now, again... If I try to share the gospel with somebody who has that veil on, in their heart and over their mind and their eyes, they, they cannot understand it unless the Lord lifts it. It's only taken away through Christ. I will not argue anyone into the kingdom of God. That's a good place for an amen. I was a stubborn, hard-headed kid. You could not make me believe anything unless I wanted to. Most sinners are that way. Most people that are in the world are that way. They're set in their ways. They have a belief system. And they're comfortable in it. Because the enemy has helped them to be comfortable by blinding them and veiling the word and truth away from them. But what happens when the Lord lifts that veil and they realize that they've been in chains we were all at that place at one point in our life, weren't we? I remember when the truth came, and I, it was, I understood where I was at. I understood the, the evil that I was living, and I understood the good that was available to me. The only way that I had that is if the Lord revealed it. And as Paul said, it because only through Christ was it taken away. In their case, the world, coming back to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 3-4, through 4, The God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Well, guess what? Saints, we have the Spirit of the living God dwelling within us. Just being Christ outside these walls to people by serving them, helping them, loving them, and it's, it, it's, it doesn't have to be difficult. And I've shared this with you before. It, it might be going through the line in Walmart. And, you know, I, I hear some guys going, oh, my gosh. Um, you know, you don't know about the, the person that's checking you through. And they're angry. And they're throwing your stuff. Do you ever stop and say, you know, maybe they had a bad day like I did. And you think, well, you know, they get paid to take care of me. Probably not enough. But what happens if you speak to them and say, how are you doing today? And treat them differently than maybe the last three people did or the next three that come behind you. Who do you think they're going to remember that day? And what do you think they're going to remember? Words spoken kindly and a thank you and have a good day. It's very simple. Very simple. Be Christ. Be salt. Be light to a lost and dying world. But this thing that we know, 
the truth that we have, who we are, where we're at, only comes from Him revealing it to us. Only comes from Him taking that veil off of our minds so that we see and we understand and we know. Now, again, some of us are at different places in our understanding of that. And that's it's natural and normal. But spend time in the Word. Renew your minds. Stay close to the Lord. Because He will give you that understanding. Because He said that He has that wisdom and that understanding for us. Amen? All right. Let's stand. Still good to be saved? For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Hmm. Come on. I am not ordering her around. You just all understand that. That was a, that's a kind request. We love you guys. Thank you so much for fellowshipping, being saved with us, coming alongside. How many of you know that um, we're not perfect yet? In Christ, we're perfected, right? But in this flesh and in this life, we are working towards perfection. So within a church, we're all going to learn to love each other. Boy, that's a good place for an amen. We love you, and we thank you for coming alongside. We are blessed, blessed that the Lord has allowed us to be your pastors. Amen? All righty. Justin, where are you at? There you are.